Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Friends, welcome to Trinity Baptist Church. We are glad you are here today. Let me pray for us as we enter into this sermon time. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the breath in our lungs and the breakfast in our bellies. We're thankful for one another and this great privilege it is to worship you, to worship you, period, to worship you together in even greater blessing. Speak to us now as we have need, God. Speak to us in your power, in your spirit, the word that we need to carry us into our week serving you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. First, I want to thank Sarah for preaching last week in my stead. I appreciate it. Um, It was for the first time since I've been here, I could be here and not preach and walk around and go spend some time in the kids' building and see the things that happen across the building when worship is going on. We're a busy place and it was helpful and then got to sneak in and hear uh, Reverend Sinsenig's sermon. So it was an excellent morning and I'm appreciative of our staff who can all preach so well. We're beginning a new series today we're calling Generous Lives. We're going to be looking at three weeks, over three weeks, um, at differing aspects of generosity with which we are called to live as those who follow Jesus. But I want to start with this. We'll be talking about differing aspects of generosity this week or each week, but really ask this question for you to think about. What do you want to be known for? That's a question I'll ask in one form or another various times throughout my time as your pastor over the coming years. What do you want to be known for? If if the people that are in your life, your friends, your family, your coworkers, though that have a pretty good experience of you, if they were to sum up their experience with you in a handful of words in a conversation, what would you hope they would say about who you are and, and what means something to you and, and who you've been perhaps for them? It's a question for us as individuals, as a family. It's a question for us as a church. If our neighborhood, if our community, if, if San Antonio and beyond talked about who is Trinity Baptist Church, what would they say? What would we hope they would say? <laughs> is what they would say in our hope for what they would say match. It's a question we all have that that is a future question, right? That that comes back into our present day. Then we must ask, who do we want to be known for? And am I living in such a way today that will get me there? Does the, the person I am today, the way I'm speaking, living, my bearing in the world, does it match with who I want to be known for? And, and it's a good question that helps us orient our lives uh, to who we want to be, more than who we want to be, who God has called us to be in the world. As followers of Jesus, there's many good answers to that question, quite a few that all circle around who Jesus is, right answers we might give to this question, many healthy hallmarks of a life, of a family, of a church, of our identity that is grounded in Jesus and and reflect Christ to the world. 
And through the years, we'll probably do several of these kind of two or three week sermon series where uh, we have a generous life. We could also do a loving life. We could do a forgiving life. We could do a grace filled life. We, we could do any number of, of characteristics of those uh, who follow Christ, Christ in the world that we could do. But today, in the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about a generous life, generous lives generosity of our whole life, whole life generosity as a hallmark of following Jesus. One of the challenges we have as followers of Jesus is is learning the gospel and ingesting the gospel into our lives and then finding ways that we give that back to the world. How do we share that? How do we live that? How do we present that? How do we, what we have taken into ourselves that is part of us at our core, how do we give that back to the world that allows others to see and to hear and to taste the beauty of the gospel that has transformed our lives? One way we do this is with a generous life. We're also going to talk about today a generous uh, time, next week generous spirit, and the third week generosity of resources. But one way we reflect Christ in the world is with all of our life being known, exhibiting generosity. We'll do more exploring of generosity in the weeks ahead. But for today, just a common understanding of generosity that I think we know, but you know, every sermon every so often has to have a Webster's Dictionary defines moments in it, you know, you've got to have those. The generosity is a showing a readiness to give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. So the readiness, the willingness to give more than is expected or necessitated in a given situation, in a given relationship. And so that's what we're talking about here, generosity, the willingness and the willingness to follow through on giving more than is expected of us of what we have. Today, we're going to be discuss being generous with our time. So we're going to flip now from generosity to thinking about time. Then we're going to come back and pull it all together. Second question for you. Think about how we talk about time. What words do you use when you think about or talk about time, when, when time comes up in our conversations, which it does? What are some of the verbs, some of the, the descriptors that you attach to time? Think about that for a minute. Now, if you're like me and you're sitting in a crowd like this and someone's asked a question, you immediately go blank and can't think of anything. But some of you are quicker on the uptake than I am and can think of these things. How do we think about time? We spend time. We save time. We waste time. We're on time. We're not on time in the case of some of us, right? We, we have these words to talk about time. We worry about having enough time, about being on time or not having enough time, not being on time. We spend it. We save it. We use it. We waste it. Time in our language almost exclusively is a commodity it is diminishing. It, it is a precious resource that we treat like we don't have enough of it. And it's pouring through our hands and it causes anxiety and it causes a bit of fear. It causes us to rush around unnecessarily harried and stressed as the great Alabama song from the 90s, I'm in a hurry to get things done. I won't sing it for you, which you will be thankful for that. 
I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really, oh, it's so hard not to sing this out right now. All I really want to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. <laughs> Does that feel like your life sometime? Time is running. Time is moving. There's, there's things to do. There's things we want to do. There's pressures on us and we're hurried and we're hurried and we're hurry builds on hurry and we're guilty for being in a hurry and we haven't really stepped back to know why in the world are we such in a hurry? Who is asking us to hurry around so much? You know, if time is precious and it's a diminishing commodity, if it is, then if we ever have any free time or time that is not spoken for on our calendar, then we feel like we better save it, we better hoard it, we better keep it for ours, we better invest in ourselves. But this is not a biblical view of time. Somehow we've got our view of time itself kind of skewed in the world. And, and it's amazing how much the Bible talks about time and how time figures into the Bible. It makes sense, but it, it might be surprising. Abraham Joshua Heschel was a brilliant Jewish theologian. He wrote the definitive book on Sabbath. If you read anything on Sabbath, this is the book everything goes back to. He wrote a brilliant book on the prophets. Anything Heschel wrote was leading in its field. And he said, from our human perspective, we're bound in time. This is his book on Sabbath, that we're bound in time to think of time as what is passing because you and I are born on a date and we will die on a date because we count things by years and months and days and, and weeks and hours and minutes. We, we, we get the impression, and it's understandably so, that, that time is what is passing and that every second that goes by, right, we're a little less older. We have a little less time than we had before and it, it, it creates some stress in our life, that the time is passing and that space, all of this stuff, right? Buildings are, are in, in creation itself, cities, those are the things that are standing still in the world and that time is passing over all of us. But Heschel argues that this is not God's perspective on time, that that's not a biblical perspective on time. We are bound in time. We live and we die in time. So th there's no way to think otherwise that time is not what passes. But Heschel says that's not God's perspective on it, which is to say then that's the wrong view of time. So from God's perspective, it's not time that is passing, God standing in eternity, God standing outside of time. It's not time that's passing, it's, it's us, right? It's creation itself. Time is eternal. Time is a language God gives us to kind of understand what we spend here in creation, but time is not passing. Time is eternal. What is passing in us, and Heschel says a biblical view of God is that you and I don't have too much time or too little time. We have just enough to be who God created us to be and to do what God has called us to do. So there's no need to hurry. There's no need to waste time either. <laughs> you and I have given, whether that's a lot or a little, enough time to accomplish, to be, to do what God has called us to be and do in this life. The Bible bears this out. God in scripture doesn't seem concerned with time in the realm of like years and days and weeks and months, like we're concerned about time. It, 
Ecclesiastes 3 perhaps sums this up, a biblical picture of time about as good as anywhere else in Scripture. But throughout Scripture, we see God moving at a timeline, a time frame that's not our own, sometimes faster, oftentimes slower. We have at times where it says that, you know, a thousand days is as a day to God and a day is as a thousand days. God is concerned with time, accomplishing his purpose in time, but the years, the days, the minutes, the harried nature of it doesn't seem to concern him. But we're given enough time. Ecclesiastes 3 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. You get it. A time for Ecclesiastes will say, a time, enough time for everything under the sun. And then in verse 11, he says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man and woman's heart so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. A biblical view of time is that God is is in control of all of this. He's in control of our birth and he's in control of our death and he's in control of, of every second of that in between. A biblical view of time is that we're not in a race with time. <laughs> We're not in a, a dead sprint to the end that, that we can finish first or second. We're just going to finish when God wants us to finish. Therefore, time is a gift. Time is a resource and a gift given to us freely to be used for our enjoyment and the betterment of the world, the betterment of the kingdom of God. A biblical view of time, God is in control, that, that time is a gift. Therefore, we should not waste time, but use time on that which matters, on being who God has called us to be and doing that which God has called us to do. That's what we have enough time for, to be who God has called us to be, to do what God has called us to do. Heschel argues that a biblical view of time is that we have just enough God has numbered the days of our lives. He's numbered the hairs on our head. More difficult job for some than others. Always good for a bald joke. We're not given too little time. We're not given too much time. We're given enough time. And if God has given us enough time to be who he calls us to be and do what he calls us to do, then we can afford, quite literally, we can afford to be generous with our time and trust God with our time and with our life. For God will guide our time. If God, God gives us enough time to be who he calls us to be and do what he calls us to do, then, then it follows that God will guide us and God will speak to us and, and God will, will help us know how do we use our time in this world? How do we use our time in this life? What is the right usage of that time? 
for, so for those who feel you're behind in time or just in life itself, minutes or days or years, for those that feel there's never enough time, I hope there can be some comfort in this. Be at peace. Wherever you are, you feel like in relation to time in your life, you are not a failure. You are not behind. Those who think you are ahead, you are not ahead. You're right where God wants you to be. You do not need to work harder. God has given you enough time to be who he calls you to be, to do what he calls you to do and will guide you if you can slow down enough to listen. This is not one of those sermons. I don't have these sermons. I don't like these sermons. It just beats you over the head, right? That could easily where the sermon turns from here. You'd be generous with time. Well, dang it, y'all, y'all got to do better, right? Y'all need to do more, be more generous, Carve out more time to do this. That, that's not this sermon. That may be carving out more time, a challenge to be generous with time where we go. The sermon's meant to be a comfort, meant to be a balm. We put so much pressure on ourselves, how we use our time, how we waste our time. God's given you just enough to be who he calls you to be, to do what he calls you to do. The one thing he really asks in that time is to spend time with him. If we're really looking at good use of time, that's where it begins and that's where it ends. If I were to poll us today and say, how do you connect with God? You know, what, where, what are the times in your life, the spaces in your life where you feel most intimate with God? Well, y'all would tell me some different things, right? Some of you would tell me, man, I get out, you know, in a, in a hike or out in creation in the mountains on the beach, or there's a particular place you have in mind. And man, I've met God there before. And, and so when I want to meet with God, I try to go back to that place. Or some of you say, I, I read, man, there's an author or, or just Bible itself or devotional. Or some of you would say prayer. I, I need as ways I pray and I just connect with God. Or some of you might say a friend. There's a friend that I have, a particular conversation partner that, man, when we meet together, God just seems to show up there. The one common denominator between all the ways we meet with God is time. I mean, that's the one thing required. We can meet with God and, and learn from God and commune with God, hear from God. So many different ways. All of those are right answers. The one common denominator of that is time. God asks for time with him. However that may look, time to hear, time to speak, time to listen. And when we can do that, often the way we should spend the rest of our time becomes very plain, becomes very clear. You know, if, if, so if we're not in a race with time and if time isn't this precious diminishing commodity, but instead of a fixed value, we have the amount God is going to give us, then quite literally we can afford to be generous with our time. God gives us time this is what we'll talk about with all of our resources. God gives us time to meet our needs. Right, time to work, time 
to play, time to be with our family, time to do the things we need to do to, to provide for ourselves, for our family, to care for ourselves and our family. God gives us time for these things. Those are good things. But, but if we added it up, for most of us, there ends up being a margin of time. There ends up, if we add up what is really strictly needed to meet our needs and the needs of those around us, there often is a margin there, right? There's an extra that we get some choice in how to spend, how to use, how to invest that time that we're given. And that is where we have this choice to be generous with what God has given us. We can choose to be generous with time. Uh, we can choose to use it to bless others, to serve the kingdom in some way. And, you know, being generous with time doesn't necessarily mean taking on huge projects. It doesn't mean weeks and months of work. It might, but it doesn't necessarily mean to do that. It's not hours and days. A, a life generous with time. Think of those people you think of as generous with their time. What are, what are their lives like? It's often the culmination of many, many generous, small acts of time. You know, it's that, that five minutes extra when you're walking in the neighborhood and, and you know there's the recently widowed woman down the street, that you take that five extra minutes you need to get back. You got dishes to wash. You got laundry to do. You got a show to watch, right? That five extra minutes to hear how her day is going, to offer what comfort you can, to maybe consider inviting her to dinner next week. It's that few extra minutes, perhaps that generous step of instead of eating lunch alone, for those of us in the working world, instead of eating lunch alone today, inviting that coworker is new, that, that coworker who seems lonely, that, that coworker whose father is battling cancer, that, that coworker or friend who, who's recently gone through divorce, and inviting them to share lunch with you that day, generous with that hour of time so that you might invest in them and bless them. As I said, it, being generous with time begins with being generous with time with God. Before we can be generous others, we need generous time with God to fill us up, to pray, to ask God to reveal to us people uh, with whom or to whom we may be a blessing in this life so that we know how to be generous well with our time. And in time, our hearts themselves become generous hearts. And so the generosity with which we live becomes not so much an act or acts of things we do, but a manifestation, the outflow of the heart God has created within us. My friend Rick died two years ago in March. Rick was one of my best friends in Marble Falls, uh, for eight years. He, he was helped start the church that I pastored there. Um, he was 15 years older than me, but at the time, I was about the closest person to our age in the church, uh, other than high schoolers when we joined the church. And so he was a generous guy. When I think of generosity of time, I thought of Rick this week so much and enjoyed thinking of my friend. He died at 58, had a heart attack and had a stroke and we prayed so hard for his recovery and it just wasn't meant to be. And 
in so many ways. You look at Rick's life and so many of the things he did and you think he should have been given more time. If anyone should be given more time, it was Rick with the way he lived his life. And my 15 years or so of knowing Rick, I mean, he coached soccer even when his kids weren't on the team. He served on the soccer board for the whole area and raised scholarships so every kid in that whole community could play soccer for free. He served on the school board, was president of the school board for many terms. He ran a very successful business with his wife and his dad. He was a deacon at the church. He was volunteer worship leader when we didn't have anybody to lead worship there. Could not sing a lick, Corral. Could not sing a lick. But his wife had a beautiful voice and Rick was the front man for it. Deacon, volunteer. He helped his mom teach three-year-old or five-year-old Sunday school. He led children's church once a month. His love language was brisket. And oh my goodness, what a spiritual gift. If anyone was sick, if anyone was hurting, Rick would show up with a brisket or half a brisket at their house all the time. He smoked, had to smoke three or four a week is the way it seemed. He's a good husband. He loved his kids well. He loved his parents and grandmothers. Took vacations. He hunted. He had things. It wasn't that he was just some saint that was unapproachable. But as I weighed Rick's life, Somehow he didn't count time like most of the rest of us. Worrying about whether he had enough, worrying about whether he could afford to do this or do that. He just spent it lavishly and freely and joyfully as if he had all in the world. And it's easy to say that looking back because we know he didn't. But he spent it while he had it with great purpose. Right up until that time, God called him home. And he lived this, leg this legacy of generous life. So Friday in Marble Falls, all of the schools will be dismissed. Many of the business in towns will be dismissed this Friday. And he will be Rick Edwards' day of service. And so every kid in that independent school district will be joined to a service project somewhere around town. Businesses and others will join in to have this day of service. The legacy of generosity was there so that the whole school, the whole city, part of the whole city shuts down to serve others. And Rick also knew Jesus so well, they, they knew why he served the way he served. How do you value your time? If you had all the time in the world, and you do, how do you choose to spend it? How do you choose to weigh it and measure it? I wonder how God might be leading us to generously spend what time he has given us. We hope you enjoyed your segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.